Amen. I want to say it's so good to be here with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 is your turn in there. I believe most everybody knows me, but I see a few unfamiliar faces here this morning, which is always a great thing. My name is Caleb Gordon. My home church, while I'm not away preaching, is Pleasant Grove Church of God. I live about 10 minutes away in Gardendale. No stranger to Evangel Assembly of God. I've been preaching here literally over a decade. I believe this is my fourth time here this year. I came in March, July, August, and excited to be here with you again this morning. Amen. I want to say uh, it's just been awesome what God's been doing uh, in my life and my ministry since the last time I came. Uh, I've preached in the state of Michigan for the first time back in September. On October 31st, I've been preaching 11 years, preached in uh, 13 different states, and I officially became an ordained bishop. Amen. Amen. Paul said a man that desires the office of a bishop desires a good thing. And 11 years of ministry, and I feel like I'm just getting started. Amen. I believe the best is yet to come. How many of you still believe that here this morning? Amen. Here this morning, I have a word that I want to share with you found in Mark chapter 4. I'll be reading to you out the King James Version beginning at verse 35. Mark chapter 4 beginning at verse 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there was a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And, when, and he had said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? I want to talk to you about that here this morning in the middle of the storm. In the middle of the storm. Evangelist, Simba, if God, if you would, please bow your heads with me one more time. Lord, I pray that you just have your way here today. Lord, I pray you will touch us and encourage us, Lord, from the top of our head, Lord Jesus, down to the soles of our feet. Lord, encourage us here today by your powerful word. Lord, you know what it is everybody is going through, you know, struggles and challenges and storms that people are facing that nobody else knows about except for you. But Lord, I pray here today that we will be anchored in faith and faith alone as we put it in your Lord and in your son, Jesus Christ. Encourage your people, Lord. Be with the ones that are sick, those that are shut in, those that are at work, those that are unable to be here. Lord, I pray you be with the children in the back here this morning and minister to them by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray and I ask, let everybody say amen. Here it is that Jesus says to them in the latter part of verse 35, let us pass over unto the other side. Notice that what he said, it was not a maybe, it was not a if, it was not contingent upon anything that they may face or anything that may be in their way. Notice that he did not leave a question mark whatsoever. There are times in which that somebody will say something, but even though they say something, as it sounds like that it is a definite, the truth is it's really a question. 
Here it is. There's no doubt about it that he was not saying, let us pass to the other side, maybe, and if, or any buts about it. But he said it with authority, knowing that surely they would make it to the other side. Can I tell you, friends, that we must have that type of faith here today? That no matter what we face, no matter what we're up against, that we are going to make it. Here it is that they had sent the multitude away. And that he was in the ship, and there were also many other little ships. And in verse 37, it says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Here it is that I find it interesting that in verse 35, that Jesus says, Let us pass over to the other side. But just two verses later, the Bible says that the ship was now full of water. How is it that it, it, it kind of makes you question and begin to wonder and doubt for a moment? Did Jesus not know what would happen next? He said, let us pass to the other side. But did he not know that this great storm would arise? See, we have people here today that they question and they doubt and they try to reason in their mind. Is God really in control? And does God really know what's going to happen next? So many times people, they get a word on a Sunday morning and they feel that as if that they have received breakthrough. They feel that they have received a miracle, that they have been healed. But then all of a sudden on Monday morning, their back is hurting. They feel sad, broken, and depressed. And then they begin to question and doubt God. God, how is it that this happened to me on Sunday morning? But now 24 hours later, I feel worse now than I did before I went to church in the first place. Can I tell you, friends, that God is in control? A lot of people disagree with it. There have been other pastors that have told me that my theology is wrong. Just my personal opinion. I believe that God is in control. Jesus Christ still sits at the right hand of the Father. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and nothing catches God off guard or by surprise. I don't care what you face. I don't care what comes your way. I don't care if you lose your job. I don't care if you are diagnosed with stage four cancer. I don't care if your spouse walks out and says, forget you, I'm leaving. I don't care if your car breaks down and now you can barely afford the monthly payment and, and, and the repairs that come along with it. Can I tell you here today that I firmly believe that God is still in control. It's amazing, though, how people when everything is calm, when everything is wonderful, it's like their faith is at an all-time high. But then all of a sudden, when they face a little storm, they forget who God is. Can I tell you, friends, we must not forget who God is in the middle of the storm. Let's be honest. If having faith was easy, everybody would have it all the time. It's not always easy, but it's a conscious decision in which we must make. Here it is that he tells them, let us go to the other side. This great storm arises. How many of you know here today that storms are going to arise in life? If somebody told you the day that you got saved, the day that you became a Christian, you would never have another storm, never have another bad day, another trial, or another tribulation. Can I tell you, friend, somebody lied to you. 
Because I've read the Bible through Genesis to Revelation many times, and not one time in the Holy Book did God ever one time say that life would be fair. Never one time did he say that life would be easy. He never one time said that you wouldn't be mistreated. He never one time said somebody wouldn't stab you in the back. But what did he tell the disciples? He said, lo, I'll be with you always until the end of the age. It's amazing how people will go through a little storm in life and then all of a sudden they get mad at God and blame God. But can I tell you the truth, friends? There are two reasons we go through storms or three reasons. Sometimes some of the storms we go through, we cause ourselves. You can look at me how you want to. I'm going to preach this thing either way. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, whatsoever a man reapeth, a man also soweth. Some of you have gone through some storms that ain't got nothing to do with God, ain't got nothing to do with the devil. It's got to do with your own self. Sometimes we go through storms because the devil does attack us. Think about Job in the Old Testament. Sometimes we go through storms that ain't got nothing to do with God, ain't got nothing to do with the devil. Honestly, not even anything spiritual. Sometimes we just go through this thing called life where bad things happen to good people. And truth be told, at times, it honestly can't always be explained. How is it that you have some people that will smoke for 50 years, never get cancer, but yet a seven-year-old kid like my cousin gets cancer? Some things just can't be explained. But in the middle of it all, I have found a long time ago that God is always good. And we must never forget that. In the highs and the lows, through the calms and through the storm, God is always good. Life may be hard, but that doesn't change who God really is. Here it is that we all go through storms in life. Storms are not fair. They're not fun. Nobody likes going through them. I've been through more than I like to talk about. I can remember 2016. I had an old beat-up Honda. I still have it. I, I, I really don't drive it to this day. I guess I just keep it just to remind myself where I was just a few years ago. But I have an old beat-up Honda that is 20 years old, over 300,000-plus miles, and every time I turned around, that thing was breaking down on me. There was one time I was scheduled to preach on a Sunday night. I stood out in my driveway for 30 minutes trying to crank my car. I picked up my phone, about to call the pastor, telling him, look, bro, I'm not going to make it tonight. But I said, you know what? Even though I've been doing this for 30 minutes, I'm not getting anywhere. Let me try one more time by faith. Now, I was 30 minutes late to the service, but I still made it that night. I can remember the time that I had gone to another state and I was traveling back and I, I was able to make it home thankfully, but then my car broke down in the driveway. I go to get in my other car at that time. That one won't crank either. I had to call my father on the phone, said, Father, I got two different vehicles and won't none of them start. You have to bring me something to drive. And instead of, me, instead of bringing me his car, he brought me his F-150 truck. Every time you crank that thing with, every time you crank that, there goes $10 in gas. But I began rejoicing because I said, God, thank you for allowing me to make it home to my driveway instead of being broke down in Tennessee. How many of you know it can always be worse? And one thing that I've learned, I've learned to keep my mouth shut and not complain about how bad it is because it can always get worse. 
One time I was on my way to go preach in Texas in this old beater of mine. My car broke down on the side of the road, and I said, it can't get any worse. And all of a sudden, it started pouring down on me. I had triple A, but it was a couple hours before the man was able to find me. So there I am, broke down on the side of the road, nowhere close to an exit. It's raining. It's pouring. I'm too far away to call anybody to my aid. So it is literally just me and God and this old beat-up Honda on the side of the road. And for one of the first times in ministry, I started to have a breakdown, and I started thinking to myself, I've about had enough. Here it is, God. I'm trying to be faithful to my calling. I'm trying to travel the countryside, do the work that you have called me to do. Now I'm broke down. Nobody can help me. I'm too far away to call on anybody. I have had enough. Never had one of those moments. You don't have to raise your hand. We all have. But can I tell you, friends, even when we have our moments, and we throw our pity parties, we must remind ourselves that God is still faithful and he will help us through. Here it is that this awful storm begins taking place. The question is, where is Jesus? Sometimes we may feel like when we go through storms that God's a thousand miles away. But the interesting thing, when you read the text, you will discover that Jesus was not a thousand miles away. As a matter of fact, he was on the ship with them. Can I tell you here today, just because you go through something in life, that doesn't mean that God has left you or forsaken you or that he's not faithfully walking with you. Here it is that they are scared and fearful for their lives. And Jesus is asleep. They go and they wake him up frank, uh, frantically because they are fearful for their lives. And they say these words to him as they wake him up. They said, do you not care that we perish? First off, what type of question is that to ask the son of God? He gets up immediately and he rebukes the wind and the waves. And he speaks these powerful words and says, peace be still. And the Bible says immediately the waves cease. But can I tell you, friends, when he spoke those words, peace be still, the disciples should have had peace on the inside of them, regardless of what the storm did next. See, sometimes God says, peace be still, and the storm cease. But then there are those times in our lives that he says, peace be still, and he's not talking to the storm, he's talking to us. Can I tell you, sometimes you're going to have to go all the way through a storm to make it to the other side. Well, Caleb, I don't like the sound of that. Let me take you to Acts chapter 27, how you have Paul that is a prisoner on his way to Rome. It is the will of God for him to go to Rome. He's a prisoner on this slave ship. He finds that he has not seen the star. He's not seen, he's not seen of anything for many days. They're cold. They're hungry, going without food, all this stuff. Paul, at one time, he said, all hope that we would be saved was lost. All hope was taken away. But then you read down a few verses later, he said, but angel of the Lord, stood by me this night and said that no life would be lost except for that of the ship. Can I tell you, friends, some of them had to go in the land on broken parts of the ship, but the truth be told, God was with them in the middle of the storm. 
some of you here today kind of like the disciples. You are questioning God. God, do you not care? God, are you still there? God, why have you left me? Have you forsaken me? God, do you even care about me anymore? But instead, you ought to go leaping, praising God and rejoicing. You ought to be at the Apostle Paul that says, you know what? It may be bad right now. I don't know how much worse it's going to be. We may be separated. We may have to float in on a part of this ship. But somehow, someway, by the grace of God, we're going to make it to the other side. I want to ask you a question here this morning, church. When you go through storms, and we all do, how do you respond to the storm? Do you respond like the disciples, saying, God, do you even care that we perish? Or do you speak to the storm by faith? See, what the disciples should have done, in my opinion, they shouldn't have gone and woke Jesus up. They should have just rebuked the storm by faith, their own selves. Can I tell you, friends, sometimes you got to encourage yourself when you're in the storm. Amen. I love church as much as anybody. My goodness, I'm an evangelist. I believe we need church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Uh, some people are like, we need a break on Saturday. Why? So you can sit at home and watch football for three hours of a team you don't even care about? Nah, I believe we need to have church on Saturday, come back on Sunday. Now, I know some disagree, but again, that's the evangelist in me. But as much as I love being in church, how many of you know we must learn to encourage ourselves in the word outside of church? It's amazing to me how some people think the only time they can hear the word of God and crack the Bible open is an hour and a half on Sunday morning then again on Wednesday night. If that is you here this morning, there's no condemnation coming from these lips whatsoever, but no wonder you ain't got no faith in the middle of the storm. How many of you know that we must encourage ourselves? Whenever I find myself in the storm, people have asked me the question before, well, how is it, Caleb, that you make it through when you find yourself in things? I began preaching to myself. Amen. Whenever I'm going through a health, a health situation, I remind myself, by his stripes, I am healed. When I go through a financial setback, I remind myself that David said I was young and now I'm old. I never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I remind myself that Paul said that my God shall supply me all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm reminded of the time that Peter came to Jesus said we have no money to pay taxes. God told him or Jesus told him to go down to the water, stick his hand in a fish's mouth and pull out money to pay taxes. I want to tell you something, friend. If God can put money in a fish's mouth to pay taxes, don't you think he can take care of you as well? When I was going through the little spell with my car, Storm after storm, breakdown after breakdown, my goodness, I talked to the AAA man more than I did my own father. But I kept reminding myself, one of these days, I'm going to throw this car off a cliff. But this isn't going to be my main car forever. Amen. And praise the Lord, it no longer is. But here it is. Jesus spoke these powerful words to them. Let us go to the other side. But notice two verses later how quick they were to forget the words that he had spoke. Whenever you hear a word on Sunday morning, how many of you know, it's not just good enough to hear it within these four walls, but we must take it with us and hold on to it tight. Amen. You need the word so when those times come, 
that you can make it through. How many of you know that we need the word of God? We need to eat, but Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And much more than we need food, we need spiritual food and spiritual manna from heaven. And what we need is a word from God. And I'm going to tell you something, friends. I'm not telling you you'll never have another bad day. I'm not saying you'll never have another depressed moment in life. But I'm telling you, if you will read your Bible, if you will pray, if you will fast, if you will spend time with God, if you will get into the presence of God outside of a Sunday morning, can I tell you, friends, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you will begin to raise up every time you feel like throwing in the towel every time you feel like quitting every time you feel like forgetting this whole thing and he will give you the strength to press on for tomorrow storms we all go through my brother died when I was seven years old my mom passed away over a decade ago been through bankruptcy credit trash, been through divorce, had to get an attorney, go through all of that. Somebody literally took a car, crashed into my apartment. I was unable to go in it because the fire department deemed the building unsafe. And during that time, somebody, I don't know if it's somebody from the construction company or somebody else, went in and literally stole all of my stuff. Had to start all over again. But yet some people want to sit there on Sunday and say, well, he ain't never been through nothing because he's a preacher. It's easy for him to preach about storms. No, it's easy for me to preach about storms because I've been through a lot of storms. But in the middle of it all, God has always been faithful. God has always been good. God has always seen me through. And I remind myself, I may be in the middle of this storm. It may be hell on earth right now. But where I'm at, I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to die. I'm going to make it to the other side. And praise God, when I come out the other side, I'm going to have a testimony. Can I tell you something, friends? I'm somebody the devil don't want to mess with. Because the truth be told, I got a strong personality and I got a big mouth if you can't tell so every time the devil messes with me I'm gonna stand up boldly with my head lifted high and I'm gonna tell everybody how God brought me out but not only did God deliver me but if he did it for me he can do it for you as well here it is after he rebukes the storm that's going on, and he says, peace be still. He says these powerful words to them, and I'm a storyteller. I close my eyes and I picture it must have pierced their hearts, or it wouldn't mind if he spoke this to me. Why did you have no faith? Think about it for a moment. They knew who he was. They knew that he was the only begotten son of God. They knew that this man was one that interrupted a funeral home procession and the young girl came back to life from the dead. They saw the power and the authority that this man had. And one time when they were trying to cast a demon out of somebody, they were unsuccessful. They called Jesus out. They called Jesus over and he told the evil spirit to come out and it came out with no problem whatsoever. They knew that his first miracle at a wedding, he was able to turn water into wine. 
They knew that this man, when he was told about the death of one of his good friends, the Bible says that Jesus wept, but then he went. He told him to move the stone, and then he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead body that had been dead for over four days that began to stink, all of a sudden came out and had resurrection life on the inside of it. They knew who he was. But yet they were quick to forget in the middle of the storm. And can I be honest, this goes for everybody in this room, including myself. If we're not careful, we too will be easy to forget in the middle of the storm. How many of you know today there's no quit, there's no give up option in the kingdom of God? Amen. Can I tell you, friends, there ain't going to be no wimps that make it to heaven. Okay, well, I never heard a preacher say it like that. Well, I'm just me. You just got to excuse me. But can I tell you, friends, we're going to go through trials. We're going to go through tribulations on this earth. But I want to tell everybody, I don't want to seem, seem insensitive. I don't want to seem uncompassionate. But truth be told, whatever we may face on this earth ain't nothing even close to what Jesus faced when he went to die on the cross for our sins. How many of you know that one day it's going to be worth it all when we get to the other side? Maybe some of you here this morning are going through a storm. Can I tell you, it's not even that long ago that I went through a storm personally. Very few people even know the storm that I went through, and only people within my inner circle, about five people, even know how bad it was. I went through a storm about a month ago, and I'll just be honest with you, I was about so depressed I could hardly even eat for two days. And I'll be honest, I'm somebody that doesn't get depressed. I'm a foodie. I don't like to go without food. That tells you how messed up I was for two days. So I got to thinking. I said, you know what? I can either sit here in this apartment and ponder on it and be a little crybaby, or I can go on vacation and get my mind off of it. So I did. And then I had a great time on vacation, came back, and I, I said, God, you can't let me go through no storms because I can't drop $1,000 at the dime of a hat like that again. But friends, can I tell you, though, we must keep on keeping on. Now, part of the reason I need a vacation is just because I've been preaching all year and I'm bad about not taking vacations. My idea of a vacation is go preach revival in another state. But how many of you know that sometimes Jesus said, so you just need to come apart and rest a while? In the middle of the storm, the best thing you can do is rest. Now, I know that that doesn't make a lot of sense to some people, and some people that's virtually impossible, because let's be honest, some people are control freaks. They have to be in control, and the worst thing about going through a storm is you have no control over the storm. But the best thing you can do is just rest in his presence. I can remember years ago, I got fired from a job. I know y'all ain't never been fired before. I've actually been fired twice. But anyways, I got fired from a job, and I'm thinking to myself, and, you know, somebody did me wrong, and that's the reason it happened. But anyways, but I was thinking to myself, God, I got a mortgage. I got bills. I don't know how I'm going to make it. My ministry back then wasn't nothing like today. Today, I mostly make my money off my ministry, but back then it was from the second job. Anyways, I'm thinking, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay all of these bills. You in the workforce, you know, it's easiest to find a job when you have a job. When you don't have a job, don't nobody want to hire you. 
You go on an interview, sometimes it may be six weeks before they even, before they even offer you the job in the first place. And I came to a place, I said, you know what? I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to doubt. God, you know my bills. You know my need. You know, what I need. you know I need another job. But God, I'm not going to worry. And can I tell you the honest to God truth? For the next four weeks, I slept like a baby every single night. And God took care of my needs. This is not blessings and prosperity. I didn't get a $55 million jet yet. I'm just simply telling you that God was faithful and took care of my needs. Notice I said yet about the jet. Amen. Just kidding. But friends, I want to ask you, in the middle of the storm, how do you respond? See, when you're in the middle of the storm, everybody sees it, and they are watching you closely. Sometimes we wonder why people won't come to church, why they will not accept Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. My goodness, I wonder why. Why on earth would you want to go to church with a Christian that is broken, busted, and disgusted, always sad, always depressed, always speaking negativity into every situation? But you show me somebody full of the Holy Spirit that says, you know what? I may be hurting right now. I may be down and out for a moment. But somehow, by the grace of God, I'm going to make it through this trial. Can I tell you, friends, you're testifying without even opening your mouth. And some of you don't even realize it. What kind of testimony are you giving to the world? Sometimes. We cause the storms, and the only storm that is going on is a storm in our minds. So you have some people that they worry about anything and every little thing on this earth. You have some people that they create storms in their mind that hadn't even happened yet because they're always worried. Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? How are we going to do this next week, next month? Can I remind you, friends, Jesus himself said that today has enough troubles of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. My goodness, some of y'all worried how you're going to make it next week, and that's what the devil wants because as long as you're worried about next week, you're going to be focused on it. But what you need to do in the middle of the storm, take your focus off the problems and put your focus back on God I know that the I know that the storm is going on I know the waves are beating against the ship I know that it's full and it may feel like you're up to your neck about to drown to death in stuff but my goodness I wish I could find somebody here this morning that would just be bold enough somebody here this morning that would have faith that would say in the middle of the storm I'm gonna praise his name I'm gonna lift his I'm gonna lift up my hands and I'm gonna rejoice my goodness we sang about it off the screen but now it's time you walk by faith and rejoice in the name of the Lord. What kind of storm are you going through here today? Financial? Physical? Is the church going through a storm? Individuals going through a storm? Y'all been through a little bit of transition? And I'm just going to say this one thing, and I'll never say another thing about it. I'm friends with everybody that still goes here. I'm still friends with everybody that left. 
I'm not on anybody's side. There's only one person that died on the cross for my sins, and his name is Jesus. But I want to tell you something here today. I don't care what type of storm you may feel like you've been through as a church or individuals. I want to tell you God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He still loves you. My goodness, that's the reason why he died on the cross for your sins and resurrected three days later. You ought to remind yourself the time you came down to this altar. You asked God to forgive you of your sins, and he came in, wiped the slate clean. He made you a fresh, uh, a new creature, gave you a fresh start, gave you a new beginning. Some of y'all ought to remember the time he healed your body, the time he answered your prayer, but now you got a little storm rise up, and you're going to act like God ain't never done nothing for you in the first place. Shame on you. You're so quick to forget, but I want to remind somebody here today that God is good. Say amen, somebody. One little storm, and now you're mad at God, laying out of church. I tried prayer once, and it didn't work. Maybe you ought to try it again. Maybe this time you ought to pull faith behind it. Amen. He said, do you not have any faith in the middle of the storm. Faith is God's delivery system for miracles. Here it is if they say, what matter of man is this that the winds and the seas obey him? That's the kind of God that we serve. Through the storms that I've been through in my life, the question is easy to ask at times, God, why me? But now that I made it through, I say, thank God it was me. Because the awesome thing about preaching is you share your st story and your testimony with people. And though it's hard at times, it's amazing how people send you a message on Facebook or come up to you after service. And they'll say, Caleb, when you mention that about bankruptcy, I can understand because I've been there too. But I was too embarrassed to tell anybody. And nobody outside of my family knows. It's amazing. There have been people that have been divorced that nobody knows about. And they say, Caleb, we know that you've been through it. I'm hurting right now that I'm going through it. But the fact that you made it through, I know that I will too. Can I tell you, friends, maybe there's somebody in here today that your financial situation is not the way that you want it to be. Maybe you've lost your job, but I just come by here today to remind you that when I didn't have a job, I never went without, never had to beg nobody for bread or no food or no money or nothing like that, but he was Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Friends, I want to tell you here today, I don't care what type of storm you may be going through, how dark it may seem, how bad it may be. I don't care what the doctor's report was. I don't care if nobody's believing you're going to make it. I'm going to tell you here today, if you you will keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the author, the finisher of our faith. And if you will walk by faith and not by sight, can I tell you, friends, you can make it through the storm. The other side. Where is the other side for us ultimately? Heaven. And can I tell you, friends, we've come too far to give up now. Amen. I'm going to tell you, if you need somebody to listen to you, somebody to counsel with you, I'm not the person to come to. I'm just being honest. I'll listen for a few minutes. But after a few minutes, when the counseling session is over,
I'm going to lay hands on you, and we're going to pray by faith, and you're going to leave that place more encouraged in the way you came in. If you need a pity party, I'm not the one. I'm not the one to let you stay there and cry for 10 minutes straight, maybe nine and a half, but the end of it, I'm going to say, look, friend, you're not going to die. You're not going to give up. Now's not the time to plan the funeral, but now it's time you get up in Jesus' name. You speak to the storm. You speak to the devil. You speak to that giant. You stop telling the storm. You stop telling God how big the storm is, and you start telling your storm how big God is. God is as big as you make him to be. But he can also be as small as you make him to be. And too many people, they allow the storm to become bigger than their God. Friends, I want to ask you today, do you still have faith? It's sad that a lot of people don't have any faith. A lot of people, they say, well, we don't believe in miracles anymore. Our prayers aren't being answered, this and that. Friends, I want to tell you, God is still moving. Amen. God ain't surprised by nothing that's happened in your life. You can't see what's around the corner, but the Holy Ghost can see what's up the road. Jesus knew the storm would take place, but he was already prophesying to the disciples, let us go to the other side. It's a decision that you must make. Are you just going to soak and die in the storm? Or are you going to the other side? Been in ministry 11 years and life is messy. I've seen some churches go through some storms y'all wouldn't believe. Ugly, bad stuff, lawsuits taking place within the church, all kinds of corruption and just bad things. But there's a remnant of people that will have faith. You can make it through anything. Amen. My mom had cancer twice in her life, two different types. First time the doctor walked in and said, ma'am, you have six months to live. She said, "Uh uh-uh, God's going to heal me. And he did. Second time I was a teenager, she had breast cancer, and she had faith and never even had to have the surgery because God radically touched her and healed her. My mom didn't just have faith when times were good. She had them in the storm. And my testimony is not because I'm a preacher. Everything's always great and wonderful. My testimony is I go through real storms like everybody else, but in the middle of it all, I keep my eyes on Jesus, and I keep the faith. Amen. Are you ready to make it through the storm? If you are, please stand as I get ready to close. The awesome thing about storms is at times, sometimes God has to allow us to go through storms so we'll draw near to him. Sad truth, but it's amazing. Some people, when everything is great and wonderful, they don't pray. Some don't come to church. Some aren't in their Bible reading through and reminding themselves of the faithfulness and the promises of God. Sometimes storms are the things that drive us close to God. But when the storm is over, Do you just put him on the back burner and forget like he never did anything for you? 
are you so quick just to go back in your old rut? Or do you come out on the other side with a testimony and saying, God, thank you for allowing me to live another day. And I'm going to tell everybody what you did for me. I think about everything that I've been through in my life. When I was born, having seizures every 30 seconds, doctors said I've never walked, said I never talked. They said I'd be mentally retarded. My biological mother gave me up for adoption, didn't want anything to do with me because of my health problems. Placed in an all-white family, grew up in an all-white church. When I was a teenager, placed in an all-white school. To be honest, it's never bothered me. I'm not colorblind, but it's never been a problem. My mid-20s, I'm now 30, but in my mid-20s, I asked God the question one day, why me? God, why did I have to be the one placed in a church, a school, in a family where nobody looks like me? Why is it that you placed me in a denomination that, at least in my home state, nobody looks like me? Why is it, God, that some people are so quick to judge me just by the color of my skin. They think I'm a certain way. They think I talk a certain way. They think I vote a certain way. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? 25 years old, spent my 25th birthday in Louisville, Kentucky. Priest, a Sunday morning, lady came to the altar and she said, I want to give you a hug. I don't know who this lady is. And she said, Caleb, when you first started preaching, I didn't want to hear a word you had to say because you were black. And I've been a racist my whole life. And she said, but here today, God has changed my heart. And I want to give you a hug. Sometimes we have to go through certain things for God to get us in certain places that he wants us. Joseph had this awesome dream. But in his dream, he didn't see the pit. He didn't see he was going to be thrown in jail for a few years and forgotten all about. He didn't see that Potiphar's wife was going to lie on him. But at the end of the story, when he's standing before his brothers and they're holding their head in shame because of what they did to him, he said, am I not in the place of God? He said word for word, I'm not here because you sent me here, but I'm here because God sent me. Can I tell you, everything that I've been through, every storm that God has allowed to, oh, for me to go through has gotten me to where I am today. And now I have a powerful testimony to share with the world. Some of you here today are wondering, God, why me? God, I tie faithfully. I come to church. I'm active. Why do I have to go through storms? In the middle of the storm, don't lose sight of the big picture. Because God is doing miracles that you may not even see. Here today, I'm going to make altar call very simple. Sometimes people don't like to come forward because they feel ashamed or embarrassed. But to be honest, we all go through things. It's no coincidence that y'all sing the songs on the screen. It's no coincidence I'm preaching this sermon because I don't just randomly preach sermons, but I always pray about it. It's no coincidence that just a month ago, 
I went through a storm, and to be honest, that's the first storm that I've gone through that bad in a couple of years. But praise God, I can stand up and say that I made it through it. And so will you. So here today, can we all just for the next few moments, can we just get out of our seats and just come to the front? If you don't want me to pray with you, I won't. I don't have to. But here today, let's be honest, we're all going through something. And if we're not, we all know somebody that is. So can we check our pride? Can we leave our egos at our seats? And can we come down to this altar right now? And can we just spend the next few moments giving it all to God? Every weight, every problem, every worry, every, every anxiety, every storm, everything that you're going through, everything that you're facing. Take your mind off your problems and put them back on God. Nothing to be ashamed about here today. Maybe you started to lose faith. Maybe you started to doubt. Don't let condemnation rule over you. But give it all to God here today by faith. And allow the Holy Spirit to touch you with the powerful move of God.